because so many people just rush through discovery in a sales call. And I was guilty of this at one point, like you're asking questions to find out, can I help this individual? But the real other big thing you're doing discovery for is helping the prospect understand they can be helped. Here's this clarity around the problem. What's going on? Why? And then when you're digging in, like, then you also have to make sure that their beliefs are set up properly so that they're like open to actually changing the situation. We make mistakes every day in basically every facet of life. Wouldn't it be nice to just skip a few? We'll help you fuck up less. Listen in. What up? Welcome back. This is an intro that we don't need because we already got an intro. Um, I'm your host, Angelo, and this is our co-host, Bob Thompson. I'm going to kick off today by telling you some exciting news that happened the other day. I'm going to vividly try to tell you this, this, uh, this story. You've heard it already, but people haven't heard it. And then we can get well, see I, official I reaction it again. to it. It's probably riveting. I was in the shower Thursday and scrubbing, rinsing off, getting ready to get out. All of a sudden, my ring thing goes off. Somebody's at my door and I hear Alina call and I reach my hand out and grab my phone. Actually, the phone was in the shower because I watch YouTube while I'm in the shower because I'm a psychopath. I was like, what's up? Some guy's knocking on the door and he won't go away. I'm like, what the hell? I'm looking on the ring. So I run out, completely drenched, open the window. I'm like, yo. He's like, what's up? I'm like, what's up? He's like, I got a legal summons for Case Connect. I'm like, oh, I'll be right down. Can you wait five minutes? He says, yeah. I go down and I got served the court hearing for an attorney who's suing us for $7,000. And on the basis of like his claim is that we didn't provide the service that he paid for. And like, so our contract is airtight and I'll get to the, I'll get to the, the reason behind this story of what happened here. But this guy literally brought a lawsuit against us to get his money back. And let's, let's talk about what we do. We provide leads to attorneys. We train them up on how to use those leads. We give them secret shoppers and test them on how they're supposed to follow up with them. They give them feedback and tell them what they can be doing better. And this guy about halfway through his campaign. Um, and there's like, there was like no follow-up. We secret shot them. There was like one call, never called again. And he was like, hey, this sucks. I'm not signing anything. This is a scam. Refund all my money. We're like, hey, we've spent, I don't know what it was. It's called $4,000 for your $3,500, whatever it is. I'm like, listen, you failed the secret shopper. You're not doing things correctly. Quite honestly, I don't think we're a good fit. I don't know why we started this out. I'll refund you the portion that we didn't spend. His response back was like, no, full refund. Now, no talking. And I'm like, your communications are like closed off and you're, you're speaking like a child. I'm like, this is just not going to come to an amicable resolution. We have two options. One, I'll refund you the portion that we didn't spend. I'm not going to lose money on you because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Or B, I'll literally have my intake team work for you for free and sign the cases for you. You don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to charge you for it just so you can make some money back and we'll go our separate ways at the end of it. Respond back, full refund, period. <laughs> and like, I'm like, okay, dude. I'm like, I'm not continuing the conversation. This is my last response to you. Um, as of this date, I'll run the rest of your ad spend out, blah, blah, blah. So he disputes his credit card. Mm-hmm. I submit the contract, the proof and everything. They give me the money back. He loses that. Then he files a lawsuit in Florida, in the Southern District of Florida against us. And our contract has an ARB clause, a PA ARB clause. So he has to file a lawsuit in Pennsylvania. So he, so he filed it in the wrong state. So that's going to get just thrown out and dismissed on that alone. But the guy's just being an idiot. And like, I wanted to get to, it's like, it's very hard. Some people, like, I want to, I want to talk about like signing and this is kind of morphed into, I don't know if you like this topic, but there's some people you should never bring into your business 
and this was one of the guys. And I think that, and we wanted to talk Did about Did you know it from the beginning? Yes. I think when we push our sales reps so hard to just bring on people, bring on people, bring on people, bring on people, we press them for numbers so much that they end up enrolling people that weren't quite the best fit. And I think this guy is a, is a prime example of it. A guy that we didn't quite feel like he would do it properly, like he got it, like maybe he showed a little bit of glimmer, but something never felt right with this guy. Um, he was older, he was a little miserable, he was rude. Um, and that type of person, like that came back to bite us in the ass and it ended up ultimately in a lawsuit, which, you know, we're going to win or whatever. We have all fact and, you know, everything, evidence and facts on our side. He's not going to win it, but it's just time and energy and it's annoying. But, um, you know, it's like enrolling the right people. Like when we train our salespeople for numbers, 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 numbers. Sometimes like they'll enroll people that shouldn't be enrolled just to hit their numbers and think that's the right thing. And that's a dangerous, dangerous line to walk. And so this guy probably never should have been enrolled, wasn't a good fit. He's a detriment to the business because the time and energy we're going to invest in him, we could have invested into three or four other great clients and got them good results, but now we're wasting time, energy, and resources on somebody who is just a, a piece of junk. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's, it is tough because there is that balance because as a salesperson, you're just, you're like, I want to close. And you see the challenge. You're like, I'm going to try and get this person. And right. it's like, boom, you know, <clears throat> and then you're like, once they're enrolled, they're good. Especially if they, if it's more of a criteria where you're just looking financially, Hey, do they, they hit the financial aspects. So, so interestingly, uh, one of our closers, I ended up taking one of the calls he had the other day and he's like, Hey, she's, she's not a good fit. I'm going I'm to DQ her. And I was reviewing the call. I was like, dude, she's a great fit. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, you know, that's for funny. us. And then, and, then, <clears throat> and so then I, you know, I take the call. I, I was like, Hey, I'm going to take this, uh, the second call and talk to her. Great conversation. She's, you know, I end up enrolling her. And, uh, you know, so afterwards I was like, Hey, we're not always just looking <clears throat> for where are they necessarily in business? She was just new. She had just started. She was only like week and a half, two weeks in two and a half weeks into her, her business. And, um, you know, she was in a small space, but like she ha had the history history in the game, but then also like the, the passion and the desire to like really go to the next level. And she just didn't know how. So I was like, awesome. And she was immense. She's like, I'm ready to learn, apply, like going cool. Whereas like, you know, you get somebody like that. It's like, Hey, that's a, that's a great fit. You know, that is somebody, at least for, you know, especially for, for what we do, you know, and it's interesting. Cause then you talk and you're like, you talk to some other people and just like, you know, like, this person maybe i actually dq'd somebody yesterday who on the other end um because essentially he was a dick to a, a follow-up and uh but he had a uh, gyms that were doing over four million a year pretty profitable and i was like i don't think we're a good fit dude like i have zero desire to work with you anymore just because of the way and i'm not gonna <clears throat> i you know and i know you're very similar to this just because of how you operate and how we operated in BitPro together. It's like, we go above and beyond for people. <clears throat> We're not just going to bring you in and forget about you. Cause a lot of agencies do that. A lot of agencies will bring somebody in and like, you hear this all the time. It's like, Oh, they were responsible for the first like month and they disappear. Right. And for us, we're like, well, that's right. not, like, we're not an agency. Yeah. We do that aspect, but you know, your success is our success because we're not just trying to chase. And this, a lot of happens to gyms. It's not just about getting new clients, getting new clients. Yes. You need to have, new clients coming in consistently, but we want to be able to keep them. And we're going to keep them by like trying to go above and beyond with their service and our experience. 
And I was like, I, I just from that conversation, I was like, this dude, and I was talking to Josh, I was like, this dude isn't going to be fun to work with at all. You know, so I think it is really important where, so when I talked to him, I was like, hey, when we're looking at, um, you know, individuals that we're bringing in, you know, it's not just like, because I noticed for our, our guy, if they were maybe a little bit lower on revenue, he was just like, I don't know. He essentially just mentally got the block. Like, I don't, I'm not going to be able to close this person because their business isn't big enough. So there's not money. I'm like, dude, it doesn't, if this person's just getting started versus somebody that's losing five grand a month, like, like it's just a better because the other situation. One has revenue doesn't mean shit. It's a better situation. Right. Like, right. also mentally, like, they're not beat up. The belief, right. she had all the beliefs. So I was like, hey, a lot of it is like, where do they want to go? Is the belief there? What type of it? Yeah. Like, those are things we're also. The belief's at. important, dude. The belief's really important. Yeah. I want to ask you a few yeah. questions based off of that. So like, let's talk about like where you're at with, with enrolling wrong people. And I know you've had specific examples in your business and too, like that guy that you, that you told me about with the free, you know, you get, you worked for him for free for a couple of weeks and it still didn't end up being, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, let's talk about what are the immediate benefits to a sales rep in signing somebody up like that? And I'm going to give you a couple of rapid fire questions. The immediate benefit of signing up a bad fit or. Yeah. Yeah, when you, you kind of don't feel 100% right about it, but you're like, damn, I overcame and I got them signed up. Like, what's the immediate feeling and, and immediate benefits from it? I mean, if you're a savage salesperson, the immediate like feeling is like, cool. Like, and if you, if as a salesperson, if you truly believe in what you're selling and what you're doing, you do believe that. You, and I, I believe this too. It's like, I can help anybody in the gym game. 100%. And I think that, like, you know, once you get that, your big thing is people are going to really, they're afraid of change. Change is uncomfortable. So they're going to, you know, as like Taylor said, like fight like hell to stay in that comfort zone. So as a salesperson, when you're able to overcome and maybe something that's, you know, they're on the fence and boom, you get them, you close them up and you're like, cool. Now one, I'm able to, our team is able to actually help this individual because now they just enrolled. Now starts the new change in their life. So I think part of that is that it's like, Hey, great. Now we can actually truly help this person. We're going to change their situation because I, I don't, I, nobody on my team, if we don't believe we can help somebody, because I even have this, I had, a, I literally DQ'd a guy yesterday. Cause I was like, dude, you're just not ready for us. Uh, come talk to us in the next couple of months. Once you get stuff really getting going. But in the meantime, go talk to these three people. Um, Cause they'll, or, you know, go check them out. So it's like, I literally wouldn't be able to help you. So it wouldn't be fair to you or us. Uh, so I think for a salesperson, it's like, once you get somebody in, you're like, now I can actually truly help you. So it's conviction for the salesperson, right? Like uh, they feel good, they feel accomplished, they overcame objections. In in one of two ways, it's one. It's like yeah, it's like now I can actually truly help this individual. And the second thing is, hell yeah, I just battled in. I went to like, oh man, that sounds like so cheesy. I went to war. No, but it's like sure. you know, I helped them get out of their own way. I overcame all their objections. Boom, right. and we enrolled and closed this person up. And like that is. That there is a very, and I think salespeople as well put their self worth on the, them closing deals. So they're getting an elevance, elevation in that confidence as a result of closing that person up, whether it was a difficult sale or not. Second part, right? Second part, how to benefit the business revenue, another sign up. Yep. Make sure numbers look better, right? Yep. These are all the positives. I've even enrolled yep. somebody who was like either on the fence might not be a good fit, right? Um, let's flip it to the other side. Let me ask you another question. What are the long-term 
repercussions of bringing that person. We know the immediate or like the, the sales reps got conviction. They overcame an objection. You know, we feel like we can truly help these people. It's like a morale boost at the beginning. Like, damn, we got this guy in. We can change his life. We can do all this stuff. Uh, revenue boost, numbers are better. Sales percentage, commission bonus. You know, all that stuff comes with it. Immediate upside. What are the long-term repercussions of the decision? How's it going to impact your business? And let's let's even like look at like, Revenue, right? Because it was short term, it was an impact. It was a positive impact. Let's look at revenue. Let's look at like reviews or reputation on the back end, morale from the team on the back end, right? Let's look at that stuff that were immediate like positives. And long term, by enrolling a long client, tell me the downsides of that. Well, there's like there's two major ones listening to you. One, even for the sales rep, if they if they enroll somebody and they're like, man, I just battle to get this person in and I help them kind of overcome their own limiting beliefs. And then all of a sudden you bring this person in and the team that's doing the delivery either like DQs them and says, hey, we're not going to work with you. Or the client is a pain in the ass and battles with them on everything and doesn't make those changes. For the sales rep, they're going to be like, man, are we not able to fulfill on what I'm, I'm promising people? So that can negatively impact the salesperson, which can cause their performance to kind of damper their conviction inside of the business to act down. Because maybe they were like, hey, especially if there's no feedback between the team that's doing the delivery and then the reps. And they're like, all right, I'm signing these people up. But all of a sudden, they're either not completing it or they're not having yep. success. That's going to impact it. So that's number one. Like if you're bringing in bad, and it, if it's truly a bad fit, it could have that impact. Inside of the business in the long term, like it does damage your reputation. It One, it like can lead to complete and utter frustration for the team because they're like, all right, this person's not a good fit. You know, we're, we're going to battle and try and get this person to make the changes that they need to make, but they're just not ready and maybe they never will be. And that's okay. Like that was kind of what we talked about the recent situation. Like we had a, a guy, you know, that we enrolled a super nice dude, but he just wasn't ready to make the changes and that's okay. I was actually talking to uh, Brian last night, Henry. Um, and we were talking about a, a mutual buddy of ours who's also a trainer and she's like, how do you think? I was like, I'm sure he's doing great for the life he wants to live. And that's fine. Like what he wants to do involves him training people, right. doing stuff. He doesn't like, you know, you and I, Angelo, and even in Brian, like we like ads, we like doing sales and stuff like that. But we're also, I knew early on as a trainer, I didn't want to have to train people for the rest of my life. Some people want to do that and that's totally fine. So, you know, I was like, hey, for what he wants to do, I'm sure he's like super happy and super content. And, you know, so going back to like our clients, there are some people that just don't align with the vision of the company. And if you bring that in, that can suck out like the team morale. And again, because then you're going to, it's what you focus on, you know, get your attention. It creates more of that. So all of a sudden, if you're getting sucked into this client, who's just not a good fit and it could just be, they're just not ready. So at some point, the beliefs aren't there. Uh, then all of a sudden you're going to be your team is going to be putting all that energy into this individual as opposed to the ones that are great fits that are crushing it and anything like that. So then potentially you could give bad service or bad experience to them if you're not careful, which then can ruin your reputation. It can also lead to just complete other frustrations on the team. Is like oh it's like dealing with this, it's constant headaches, putting out fires, dealing with bullshit, bad fits. You know, can we do what we do work. So it's reputation as far as the company and reputation as far as the team and their belief inside of it. Yeah, I think it's like there's a lot of upside at the beginning. And there's a lot of down, downside on the back end. I think the other big thing too for the client as well, if you bring somebody in, because, uh, you know, 
and this is what uh you know talk about in the gyms and we talk about with uh you know when we're doing sales for gym academy as well it's like the big thing that we're looking to do is help people get clarity because we want them to get value whether we enroll them or not and we want them to have and so like for that individual i say this especially for bringing people into your gyms if you sign if one, if you don't sign somebody up, this is what I always tell you know gym owners and we tell everybody in Legion, if you don't sign somebody up, the chances of them actually making a change are slim to none because yeah. in the gym game, I know too, if anybody has to lose weight, like there's nobody better than us, they're most likely not going to go anywhere to go and, and make that change and get help and change their life right. and, get, and get better. And whereas, you know, if you're rolling somebody into like, if you're bringing on an attorney, that's not a good fit. And it wasn't made super clear. And it's great. It's like, hey, listen, we're just not a good fit. What you want to do is not how we do things. You know, or like, you're just not ready for us. But if you do bring that person in, and then it's just those, that's just not a line there. And there's not that clarity. That individual, that business owner might just get contempt to actually like improving. And just being like, oh, all this shit is, you know, like, how many times we hear like, oh, Mark, you know, agencies are scams. It doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. You know, and it couldn't sabotage them and keep them on the shitty journey for a long period of time. Right. If you bring the wrong person on. So also for the, the business owner, you can really screw them up in the long term by bringing on somebody who's not a good fit for yeah. your model of business. Yeah. It's, I struggle with this as a salesperson, like, because that's my background. Yeah. I'm just like a volume person, like put anybody through the door and get anybody in. And like, it's crazy as it sounds, it might seem like shitty. Like you'll sign anybody up. But like, I actually believe that I can get anybody results. So like I will sign up a bad attorney and I'll actually believe that I can change them and make it work for them. That's like a fault of my own. But can I? I believe, I truly do believe that I can change anybody. But I have to realize like how much time, resources, energy, effort go into taking that person. You said you touched on beliefs, right? Like literally I'm, I'm coming in and changing. I'm, I, I've become a mindset coach and I'm coming and I've come in and I'm changing their literal mindset. Um, and that's a lot more work. Uh, so for the model that we have, the margins that we have and what we have to do for somebody like that, it's not the best fit because it's going to deter from all the other clients. Like, so if the, that might be a separate business, a separate offering, but they, as a sales rep, I just want to sign up anybody and believe I can help them. And I, I, I can help them. But the problem is, is am I going to dedicate 99% of my energy to this one person and finally change them? And then like, I can't give any attention to any of my clients who like get it or are using it properly. Right. It's like uh, it's really weird. Dude, I totally, I actually totally agree with you because, like, same thing is if somebody has a gym, I can help them. Yeah. Period. But yeah. the question, the flip is if they're ready to be helped. Yeah. You know, if they're open to that. Because there are, it's interesting, you know, just because, and I'm the same way when it comes to fitness. Like, anybody, I can help anybody. But it is so true because it's, it's all about the belief and the mindset they have. So you have to, and that's like, you know, really important on sales calls is we're breaking beliefs. You know, I was talking to uh, uh, some some uh, facility leaders in the gym. I was like, a lot of times what you're doing in your calls when you're going through discovery, because so many people just rush through discovery on a sales call. And I was guilty of this at one point. Like you're asking questions to find out, can I help this individual? But the real other big thing you're doing discovery for is helping the prospect understand they can be helped. Here's the clarity around the problem what's going on, why, 
And then when you're digging in, like, then you also have to make sure that their beliefs are set up properly so that they're like open to actually changing the situation. And that's where I think the biggest thing for me, probably the, and I know the same thing happened for you. Like we talked about it on other episodes, like when you got into the franchise, but like when I first got my first mentor, I thought I was hot fucking shit. I had a gym, like I had two locations, even though I wasn't making any money before, but like with that one location, I was like, I'm crushing it. Top of my game. I'm making a hundred grand. I'm rich. Like I'm the best there is in this. And then I get, and I see like Sam and I see that I'm like, I am nothing. There is a complete and utter different level to this business that I was completely unaware of. And because especially back then and still now, I had such a chip on my shoulder. I was like, I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to learn and I'm going to become the best and I'm going to beat everybody in here. And like, that was the mentality that I went to it, but it leveled up my belief. And I know that's, that happened to you too. Cause you're like, we're talking about this dinner. You're like, what the fuck? Like, this is what's possible. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like I don't want to, I want to stop meeting people at the next level. It's like horrible. It's like, it's like, there's like, it's like, Oh, I want to make hundred thousand dollars. It's great. I want to make a half a million dollars. It's great. And you're like, well, that person's making a million. I want to make a million. Then you make a million. And it's like, that person's making 10. And then you're like, Oh, that person's making a hundred. Yeah. Oh, that person's a billionaire. And you're just like, do you always like every step of the way? You're like, man, I ain't shit. I just watched a tour on YouTube of, um, um, what's the, it's $250 million condo in Manhattan overlooking, um, overlooking central park. I think it's called the central park towers. Dude, okay. like the money to be able to buy a $250 million property, right? Like $250 million for a condo. Yeah. And it sits on top of the world. It's the craziest thing. If you, I think maybe like, you can edit in, can somebody edit in some footage of this video? Like, can our editors like, you watch this on YouTube? It is the most insane. Do you have 360 degree views of the entire Manhattan? Like, you sit above, it's like in the, it's the highest residential building in the world, residents in the world. Dude, it's insane. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there thinking like, dude, like I'm at like a level of wealth where I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I never believed this is possible. And then I'm looking at that. And I'm like, dude, this people, everybody thinking of me as like a, a homeless person. Like, <laughs> it's like you almost don't want to see any Instagram and YouTube is like ruined my life because I see what's possible. I'm like, God, I can't. And then you meet these people in person. Like, well, they, there are really people that live like this. And it's very common. It's not, there's a lot of people that live like stupid, crazy lifestyles. What have you done to be present in the moment and to be like, to share gratitude and appreciation for where you are currently when you see situations like that? Do you want me to tell you this, the answer that everybody thinks? I want the truth. Say? The real truth, bro. No, nothing. nothing. <laughs> and it, and it sucks, dude. <laughs> I have a whole void that I'm trying to fill so bad. It's horrible, dude. <laughs> I'm like not. It's like I. I mean, do you want to be? Do me to be true? It's like yeah, nothing. That post I put about like um, familiarity breeds depolarization. Like that's the truth, man. Like I just like like normalizing things. It's like it's like uh, I don't know. Like everything is like yeah been there, done that. Cool. Got that over it. Next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. It's like, now I'm getting my rocks off and buying a bunch of like rental properties and negotiating with realtors. Cause I'm just bored. I literally just get on Zillow and just like shock on low ball offers. Cause it's like my new thing. And I'm like, I'm buying a bunch of properties. Dude, I just can't stop. I'm like, I don't understand what it is. I need to like, 
I need to start Can't showing more gratitude. Buying shit. Well, I mean, you're not buying frivolous shit. Well, I am buying frivolous stuff. I mean, you saw my last frivolous purchase. I <laughs> yeah, am but that'll stuff. still have a good payoff in the short it, and long term. Still frivolous. <laughs> it's a, my neighbor came up to me. I, and no, said, so like frivolous said, no would be like, I just bought 10 Toyota Camrys. Like, why? Why yeah. would you buy that? Yeah. That, like, are you you're trying like, to right, run you Uber I mean, gonna, fleet? Yeah. It's like, you're going to be. My neighbor good. came up to me yesterday. You'll get a kick out of this. And he was like, he's like, no offense, man. But he's like, so I'm getting like a lift so I can store two cars in the garage on top of each other. And he's like, no, no offense or anything, but like, I love that you're like my neighbor. He's like, you're in the wrong neighborhood, dude. <laughs> I, I think I said that to Z. I was like, and I think I texted you about it too. I was like, you either need, I think I did. I was like, you need to move or like I just, build a we just build a pool. We have like this view. That's, I don't do. We have 6,000 square feet. It's like, what more do I need? It's like, I just need to like, you I don't need 6,000 acres surrounding you. Yeah. But like, the other thing is, is like, and I was thinking about that later as you said it. And I was like, dude, I'm like a normal person. Like, I don't, I don't think that I would like, like to live in a place with these gates i'm gonna drive two miles get to my thing and i want some freaking like compound like even if i had that kind of money like i don't know if i i like being around people I like being a normal person I think, that's like, a, I think that's a limiting belief because you don't feel that you are worthy of attaining that oh no i feel i'm worthy of it you know the cars i buy and the watch <laughs> i have i i 100 feel worthy of it so i just think i just think that i just like being around like people i don't know that is funny because like Z would love to live, and she said this plenty of times. Like she's like, I'd love to live in a neighborhood and walk around, you know, yeah, a dude. block. Uh, I'm like, I would fucking kill myself. I love I it. want nothing. I want nothing to do with that life, dude. I walk down the street and, with my dog, and I'm like, who's outside that I can talk to about anything? Yeah, I like that. Um, we had we had people over Tuesday night. What does this say? I think Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And dude, I've been smoked ever since. I was so tired. But yeah, because you you like recharge your batteries. You're, you're like more of an introvert. You recharge your batteries from like being alone. And like I recharge my batteries from like going out and just having conversations with people. Like I like taking the kids out. Everybody else's kids are out and they're all playing together. And we're just shooting the stuff. And I just like, like getting that communication. I don't know. I just like, I like being I around people. I hate that. I love walking around and all I see is just forests and the rolling hills to mountains by me. And, I love, and seeing nobody, not seeing a soul, just deer yeah. running, my dogs frolicking off without it being on a leash. So you have a property that suits that lifestyle. I probably should have that same property, but I don't like, listen, my house isn't cheap, right? Like I don't live in a- It's a nice house, cheap, beautiful house. It's, it's a very nice upscale neighborhood, but we're on like fourth of an acre or whatever, like 40% yeah. of an acre lots, right? And we're all next to each other. We're all in a neighborhood. And it's like all the- they're like, dude, you hear something funny. This is probably not from the podcast, but people get a kick out of this at home. There's a, there's a, um, I hope my neighbors don't see this. There's a, uh, there's a group called like the ladies of the thing. And they, and they, they're doing book readings together, like bringing sweets together. And they're all like reading books every Thursday night. And uh, Alina's like, oh, I'm going to go. Well, listen, so Alina's going to go like, no, you're not, you're not a nerd dog. I'm like, if you go to that, I mean, you never even read a book when I'm with you. I was like, you go to this thing, don't come back to my house. <laughs> you're on, you're done. And then a the neighbor's wife went over and I was like, you too? And she started laughing. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, are you a nerd? Then I was texting her husband. And I'm like, dude, we need you new eyes. You read all the time. I know. that. So that's what my neighbor said to me. She's like, you read all the time too. And I was like, yeah, but I don't tell people I do that, dude. 
Like I don't go and eat cookies yeah, we were, together and get in a circle. And read and I <laughs> We did a book. We did a book club, uh, and it was dude, it was super fun. You guys are all. Dorks. We haven't done it in a while because I just don't feel like driving as far as where everybody else lives. But like, and I think. Would you guys sit in a circle, pass cookies you? around, and read books? Exactly, exactly what we do. We pass cookies around. We dip it in each other's milk. Yes. All right, and then we feed each other the cookies. No, I'll subscribe to that. That's something, that's, that's something that somebody lives in a compound would do. They'd have like, the, let's like talk about a piece of art. Let's come around and dip cookies. I don't want to do that, dude. I want to walk around and curse people out because the Sixers lost and I'm pissed off. That's how I want to live my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's fine. It's just funny. I just think like, because you know, if we were talking about business books, I would totally do that without the cookies and sharing the milk. If it was like nonfiction, Business novels, we're in a mastermind, subscribe to that all day. But if we're reading a romance novel, it's kind of weird. I don't see the purpose in that. I think that's weird. It's actually, I got invited, I think two weeks ago, we went out for a Buddy Arcane's, like, kind of like bachelor party, which was just a bunch of us, like, getting together and bowling and shit. Yeah. Because the weather was bad. But yeah, one of the guys in there, he's, like, kind of, like, new to, to business and he's putting together, he gets to, like, with a group of guys down at Whitefish and they're reading Cardone's 10X rule. It's a good book. And he's like, dude, you should come. I was like, I would, but it was too late for me. I was like, I'm not going all the way out there at something at seven. I won't read together. If you want to get together and like have a lunch, like here's my idea of it, how you make it cool. Like all the guys are reading a book and like we get together once a week and discuss like a once a month and discuss what we're doing. Like a book club, we go out to like a dinner or something. Like we all discuss it or like we do like, yeah, that's cool. I don't want to sit in a living room. Oh wait, is that not what they're doing? No, they meet in people's houses and they all bring treats and they sit around in somebody's house and neighborhood and discuss that, like romance novels. That's, just, that's weird. Just, that's their version. That's fine. No, it's weird. I mean, that's fine. It's not something you would do. Not it's something weird. I would do. I wouldn't go and discuss a romance novel. I would like to be on the cover. I tried being on the cover of a romance novel because one wait, of the whoa, whoa, uh, what? One of the early members at Legion, uh, she was a romance novel. Um, novelist and author, and she has a ton. I don't know, she's probably like 30, 50, whatever plus books now. So I was trying to like inch my way into being on a being on wait. The what cover. was her name? Never, never quite had it. What was the first Renee name? Lee Fisher? Uh, Renee. She was, uh, it was like early, it was probably 2015, 2016. So when I was there's still a big author, fat. I sold a car to that lived around Eat there. Cheese. She's like New York Times. Bone. We've had a couple authors, um. We have a, we've had a couple authors that have uh, been through Legion. I forget her name. So, super sweetheart, nice but lady. I like how we went, we started talking about sales and rolling bad clients. Dude, it's ADHD. How I wouldn't have it any other way. Guard. I wouldn't have it any other way. Back to sales, dude. Can I tell you? Um, I was role playing this week, all this week, and um, sales numbers are much better. Listening to the calls, giving feedback, holding people accountable. It's like when I don't do that stuff, yeah. it sucks. Um, when all you do is push for numbers, it makes a big difference. Clients. Well, it's like you also, because we had a, you know, we were like, man, we're, we're crushing it. And our, our sale, it was interesting because one of our reps was just so focusing on like not actually doing the hard work on a sales call, so to speak. Yeah. And then he was just getting deposits. We're like, bro, you've literally gotten a deposit. What do you mean? The hard, like skipping the fact finding and skipping, finding the actual It's pain like, you or... know, going into discovery and challenging people and then overcoming and going in and yeah. really like helping 
prevent people from overcoming and like going down and, you know, and, and almost to a degree, like going to the lowest common denominator. So it was interesting, like, well, these people, and then like some of them were good fits, some backed out. So we started doing more role play and it's been yeah. huge. Dude, it's huge. like, just, like, it's like, it just, and that's one of the things that like Josh and I do, like we don't take as many sales calls. I've ramped up the ones I'm taking now is like, you know, we were like, all right, let's, let's our sales numbers went down as far as percentage. Um, our enrollments were significantly higher, but our percentage went down. So I was like, all right, let's, let's get these back up. We actually have a, a group interview Joey's putting together today with Jacob um, to bring on like, you know, probably want to bring on two more guys or gals, whoever, um, so we can continue to, to keep growing uh, and add a little bit of that competition into the room. And then we got to get Josh and I off off any of calls. We don't take time, but I mean, we're, or we're, I think it's good to always stay on a call here or there. It's always good to keep your finger in the pulse. I agree the market with changes. Like you got to stay sharp. Yes. Like, because when, if you lose a sales rep and you got to train a new one, like you got to be practiced. You got to be like ready to go. When Josh and I, like when we, when we're after our calls, like, and that's one of the things that we're trying to encourage our reps to do, like we do a, a call breakdown after every single one. And we'll, we use Voxer and we're jamming off. Of, of every single rep? You listen to every single call? No, no, no. I'm saying like Josh and I, after, if, if one of us does a call, we'll go break You break down, down your own call. You do break down. And that's what like, we encourage. I'm like, hey, like the call, you know, we want to hear a breakdown, whether you close somebody or you didn't close somebody. And, and we want to know the whys. And we I like that. Through it. And I think, and it's like, then it's just, just talking through. It's like, dude, even like, because I had a great call one day uh, and I just probably, there's probably something I could have done a little bit better. The call is still great, but just like jamming with Josh. And I was like, yo, could you, could you take a look at, at, um, at this part of the call and give me some feedback? And, but even just like us talking back and forth and then boom, just from that, it's like, Hey, you know, add this little, little tweak. And this is what you probably could have done. Uh, take it in and then immediately take it in the next call. And it's great. But I think I like that a lot when you're like, the reason we, we want to have people have scorecards and the reason we talk about it, it's not just, it's so you can process what was good, what was bad, get some feedback from other people. Cause it's, Especially like I love actually doing call reviews and, and sales training um, because it helps everybody. One, it keeps people sharp. But yeah, like we do, we like doing a breakdown after every single one because then you're just processing. You're like, cool, all right, boom. I now I learned something from this, the good or the bad. And even if you enroll somebody, it's like, hey, was there somewhere I could have done a little bit better? Or if there's something really good, it's like this is something I want. Hey, this is what clicked for me, and I want you guys to all keep an eye out for it, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm you see like, me like, you see me like processing right now. Like you see my whole face. Yeah, dude, I think it's brilliant. So I'm going to have my team. I know they submit one call a week for me to review, but I'm going to have them review their own call, film a loom, break down what they did good, break down what they could improve. And literally like, cause I think the best, cause we always talk about entrepreneurs, like for you to be successful, you need to like be able to understand, see a problem and understand how to solve it and go figure out how to solve it on your own. This is like training like that for a sales rep. You see your your call, see what's wrong with it, identify it, and then go figure out how to fix it and then present that. I think it's that's like, holy crap, why haven't I been doing this? Why do I keep giving people the answers? Well, and I think that comes down to, well, awesome. I didn't realize. I thought it was good. I didn't realize it was so good. But yeah. I think it's, the goal with team members is to provide them assistance, but they need to, we want them to be able to self-correct themselves. I'm literally about to open up Slack and say this right now. Yeah. That's why we this do. This is great. And you can also use, I mean, there's, there's voice. So we, we use Slack too. So we have a channel where now we just drop all of our, our calls. Um, and then we use Voxer for that communication throughout the day. 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it's just, it allows, we want, you know, if somebody has a scorecard, we want them to know like, Hey, if I see, if I see this is happening or this trend or something like that, I don't want to have somebody have to come in and tell me what to fix. Right. We want to self-identify, even if it's like, Hey, I've self-identified that I'm missing something in discovery and I just can't figure it the fuck out. Right. So I need somebody, can somebody come in and help me with discovery too? It's like, we want that kind of detail coming into it. And it's like, that's where the analyzation comes in of how do I consistently improve? And that's just, I think the desire for people to constantly get better. It's the same thing. Like why we have a coach in a gym, have their scorecard because we want them to be tracking what's eventually going to have the, an impact on the end result, which will essentially be the P and L of the business and everything that that makes up for it. And if something is off, they can literally see it without somebody else having to come in and give them the answers and they can go, Hey, I know that as I'm not getting referrals, which means, man, my, my classes must not be a level of experience that it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's because of this and this, or it's like, Hey guys, like, I don't know what's going on. My, my class size is going down if I'm doing a boot camp. Um, I feel like my energy's good. I'm just missing something, but I know that there's something missing. And if I don't fix this issue, it's gonna lead to it's gonna lead to some attrition issues. Can somebody come and help me out? You know, so it's as simple as that. It's like knowing what questions to ask, where the corrections need to be made, or hey, I noticed this is happening, you know, boom, this is the fix that I'm gonna make. You Life know, hack for entrepreneurs or anybody who wants to be successful. When you hear something and you think it's good, just literally go and do it. I literally just went and like implemented what you said, like as you said it. Like that was like, like I literally like, that's why I shouldn't be like flying a plane or doing anything important because I'll literally just stop. And like, once I hear something, I just, I'm done. Like, I just, I'm like I, new process. As soon as this is over, I'm yeah. going to hit send and call everybody and explain it. Like it's literally all typed out in <laughs> Slack. Like this is what I want done. Dude, it's brilliant. Like hearing things like that, I know like I just literally just went blank. You're probably like, well, what happened to Andrew? Just screen freeze. Dude, you just gave me a great idea. For anybody that hears a good idea and like gets a good feeling about it, just go. Just go with it. Dude, I love that. You can analyze your own freaking problem. You're teaching. Like like they say when you learn something, like writing it down, taking notes, but like actually teaching it cements it, right? It makes you an expert on it. And you learn it. Like that's what this is. You have no clue what you were doing, dude. You're a freaking genius. Well, I knew it was helpful. I didn't know. Well, I'm happy to hear that response. Yeah. And it was funny because like when I was talking, I was like, hey, man, I was talking to our, our rep. I was like, dude, Josh and I do this after every call yeah. that we take. I was like, we need to make it mandatory it. for every, noticed, every rep to do it. And because like, honestly, leading up to it, we realized that we weren't giving the support that we need. Like we weren't giving the coaching and the, and the reviews. Right. But so it was like, hey, how can we, What are, these are the changes that we need to make. And it, it was interesting because he's like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. I'm like, I don't care. You got to do it. I was like, it's not for us. It's for you. Right. I was like, we'll you be able to, to understand help that. you. But you have to process like, hey, what, what happened in this call? I need to be able to process it because if you can't figure it out, if you constantly need somebody telling you, you're never going to get it. And it's going right. to keep on happening. And we can also identify what they're not seeing and give a little bit of feedback to and kind of coach them on like things to look for. And, you know, it's – but yeah, I think it's really good to do that. Instead of giving people the answers, right? Like they say you don't want to give people the answers. That's the same thing. Like have them f- learn how – I guess school doesn't teach people like we were talking about school like – teach you how to like solve your own problems or figure out the answers to the problem. This is what that is. It's teaching you how to just figure out your own answers to your problems. Do you I mean, like you're going to try and bring up like a plus people. They have to be able to make those kind of decisions for themselves. 
And some people can't be trained. To, some people can't do that. Like some people just don't have the ability to do that. Some people can already do that without you telling them. But there's some people in the middle that need to be taught it and then can be moved along. Like I guess um, when Cole was saying like, we don't want to hire in the sales training. And I know you didn't watch the video, but one of them was like, we don't want to hire a four and make them a six. We want to hire like a seven and make them a 10 or something like that. Like we don't want to take yeah. people from like a one to a five, right? Um, yeah. So we want to find people that like kind of get it, understand it, just need a little bit of handhold to get there, a little bit of structure and training and make them a superstar. Make them a superstar. And I think on that note, we should end it. Boom. Thanks for listening. If you're learning from us, I want you to share this with other business owners who are hustling just like you. Oh, and don't forget, give us your social so we can have all the info. See you on the next one.